Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. How you guys doing? It's your guy Larry, and you just tuned to Black Nerds Podcast. So hopefully you guys are doing well. It's been a little bit, and um, I just want to kind of touch bases with uh, another devotional this time. Um, we've been we're getting into this devotional, kind of a timely devotional because of the fact that we're you know how the the state of the world is. I should say. Um, you know, of course, everybody by now has already been affected or somewhat affected or have even heard more on the news about uh, COVID-19, about the coronavirus, about the civil unrest. Uh, we've even talked a little bit about um, the, the killing of George Floyd and other situations that ha- that are happening in our world today. Even the the um, I would say the reckoning of America, you know, so there's a lot happening right now. As a matter of fact, even as we're as I have recorded this, um, there's still protests that are happening um, in Portland, Oregon, from for all things happening. Right. Um, we've had earthquakes. We've had all kind of stuff. And even um, momentarily, even a, a, a hurricane that has been going on as well in Florida. So. What does all this mean? Okay, um, keep your nation in prayer, right? Keep your country in prayer. Keep your fellow man, your neighbor, in prayer. Keep your government in prayer. Okay, um, um, whether they, whether you agree with it or not, I, I mean, honestly, that I'm, I'm saying this not just to you, but to myself as well. Okay, so the devotion that I'm getting into is called "Good News Encouragement for." A world in crisis. So, if you're the type of person that that has a little anxiety right now about all the stuff that's going on, remember you tune into the the right Bible cast right now. Uh, we we're dealing with um, what is the answer to the world in crisis, and and what does the Bible have? Um, what does the Bible say? Well, in this devotional that you're getting ready to hear, there is an example of how there is a situation that the that the um that the the nation of Judah or Israel um they had to they basically were um going to be servants and and be under the rulership of the Babylonians okay or the king of Babylon which is Nebuchadnezzar so with that with all that being said you know look at what 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 is going on and is God still in control? Obviously he is. God is always in control no matter the situation, the circumstances. And we're going to find out, we're going to read this story about Jeremiah and he was the prophet of, of God and he had to deliver a, a not so popular message in front of the people of Judah and had to tell them. And, and unfortunately, even in the midst of this telling a not so popular message he had to also deal with someone that was trying to oppose him even doing his work so let's kind of sit back and check this out check out to see what's what's going on if you follow along with me i'm reading out of the u excuse me the u version the u version bible app excuse my cough um and we're going to be going into the book of Jeremiah, chapter 27 and chapter 28 and chapter 29. But in chapter 29, we'll just be reading 14 verses in there from chapter, I mean, verse 1 to 14 and Romans chapter 15 and 13. So sit back, relax and enjoy this next episode of Black Nerds Biblecast.
Hey, so I figured we're gonna we can start a devotional out of the U Version Bible uh, Bible app called Good News Encouragement for a World in Crisis. So if you want to look that up, it's um, it's a devotional in the U Version Bible app called Good News Encouragement for a World in Crisis. So you want to follow along? We'll we'll read it. And we'll, you know, give a little talk about it. Just conversate about it. Is that okay with you? Okay. So let's check out and see what today's devotional has for us. So it starts off by saying that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That this part, this verse is found in Romans 15 and 13. So God has good plans. We're living in, a un, in an unprecedented time as we navigate the life-threatening and economy-shaking struggles we're facing because of COVID-19 pandemic. In the past, we've seen catastrophic disease, disasters, war and wars, various countries, and this but this is different. At this time, the whole world has something in common. We're trying to survive a deadly virus. So as followers of Jesus, how do we make sense of this? What do we do with our questions to God and how, how and our questions of God? How do we find good news in a continual stream of bad news and how do we grasp how if how this fits into a all familiar passage which is found in Jeremiah 29:11 and it reads for I know the plans that I have for you says the Lord they are plans for good not for disaster to give you a future and a hope this verse gives hope and is our spiritual blanket in hard times It's printed in t-shirts, etched in coffee mugs, and stamped on greetings cards. While God is a hope giver, we have to understand the context of this cherished verse. Jeremiah prophesied to the Israelites in the southern kingdom of Judah before they they were taken captive in 586 B.C. by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. In Jeremiah 27, he prophesied that they would serve this king, his son, and his grandson, and that everything would be under their control. And you can find that in Jeremiah 27, 6 through 7. In the next chapter, a false prophet named Hananiah told the people that God would free them and restore everything to them in two years. Jeremiah challenged Hananiah because he uh, of his lies. He also said Hananiah would die, and in two months he was dead. Now, in chapter 29, Jeremiah encourages the people to live their lives while they're in exile, to work, marry, plant, eat, and multiply. He tells them they'll be in Babylon for 70 years, and then they'll be brought home again. God's plan of a hope and a future for his chosen people probably didn't match what their idea was. They wanted to go home, yet God said, it would be 70 years. They wanted their own king, yet God said they would serve the Babylonian king. 
They wanted to flourish in their homeland, but God said they that to do that under a government that was holding them captive. Possibly the hardest part was that the older generation would never go back home. They would die in a foreign land serving a foreign king. We can't resist on our own idea of a bright and hopeful future. We tend to be short-sighted and earthly-minded, but God's ways are so much higher than, than what our minds can grasp. His plan is better, and it will include forever with Him in heaven, not just a short portion of our lives on earth. If our, heart, if our hope is laced with doubt, fear, and anxiety, we can change that today. We need to eliminate the our hope so attitude and replace it with a no so mindset. Our hope should never be tethered to the convenience and the pleasures the world often offers or the ease of a situation. Instead, we fasten our minds to the promises and truths of in the word of God and fix our sights on the day when our bright, glorious, and eternal future is made a reality. Instead of wishing away our days of in the predicament we're in, let's have confidence that God will deposit hope into us no matter what we're facing. So, what do you guys think about that? I think the last part, which I love, and what, I, what he's saying here is that Instead of us wishing away the current predicament that we're in, we need to we need to have confidence that God would deposit hope into us no matter what we're facing. See, we're living in a time right now in a pandemic that like like the devotion says, it looks like this is a a a situation that will not go away. It it is a a, a virus that has taken the entire world every single country is now battling this virus I remember when it first started to happen and I would see it happening in China and then it began to spread little bit little parts here and there in the United States I didn't really think that it would it would go as far as it did until it seemed like every single day, I turn on the news in the morning and I would see the reports on this pandemic and it was beginning to grow and spread. After about, I would say about a week to a couple of weeks after that, it just really seemed to me that not only was this not going anywhere, but this was starting to explode and begin to happen uh, even on a bigger scale. I also even felt like I was living in a movie. I said to myself one day, I said, I feel like this is a movie that I've seen before and we're actually living in it. So understand this, understand that God is still God. He's still in control. He's still on the throne. It depends on how much faith you have in the Lord. It's not going to, it may not change your circumstance and it may not change the situation. It may not change what is going on in our world today. But like the Bible declares and what we know as Christians and believers that our time on earth is not very long. 
It may seem law. It may seem like everything is hopeless, but we do have to put our faith and trust in God who is beyond this world. He's beyond the pandemic. He's beyond the civil unrest. He's beyond all the things that is going on in our current world right now. Understand that God is not concerned or not worried. He is concerned, but he's not worried about the things that are going on right now because he's God. He stands on the outside of time. He sits on the throne. He knows the beginning before the end. He knows how all of this will end and how it would end. And at the same time, not only does he know everything on a worldwide scale, but he also knows everything on your individual scale in your life. Life doesn't stop happening because we have a pandemic. Am I saying that we we stop living? We can't. Some of us still have to go to work. Some of us still have to deal with our children, our families, our husbands and wives, our, our, our you know people in our lives. We still got to pay bills. We still got to pay rent or mortgage, car payments, all those things. Life still has to happen. And with that with that going on in the midst of this pandemic, understand that, first of all, God will give you the strength to get through whatever it is that you got to get through, no matter how much it is. God can handle so many things all at once because he's God. He can hear your prayer and the prayer of someone way on the other side of the globe. It doesn't matter. So just understand that no matter how tough and how worrisome that we may get, God is not worried. He's not in a panic. And remember where he's at, the coronavirus ain't there. There's no civil unrest there. There's no prejudice or racism there. There is no unemployment where he's at in his presence. So understand that as long as we keep our faith and hope and trust in God, God will eventually take us away from this. And while we're here, he will help us endure all the changes that the world is going through right now. Those of us that understand that truth already, our job needs to, needs to be simple. We need to pray and ask God to give us strength, but also pray for those that are also having full of anxiety, that is worried during this pandemic. Some people have lost their jobs. Some people are in the hospital. Some people are frontline workers. We have, as Christians, we have so much to pray for and so much that we need to put forth our effort as believers we can do. You ask, what can I do in a time like this? Dig in your heels and pray. Pray like never before. When we watch the news and we see the things that are happening, as of other people do too, those are the things we can write down a list and pray. Prayer is very, very powerful. Am I saying what, what will God do? It all depends. But remember this, his ways are higher or not our ways. 
his plans, his his plans are still for good and not for evil. Like Jeremiah 29, 11. He has a plan for us and it's not for evil, but for good. Understand this, that no matter what we go through and how tough the situation might be, God is sure to bring us through. He's sure to bring us through. None of us may have all the answers. Even some Christians may not have all the answers. But only thing we can hold tight, trust and, and hold tight to and believe in is that God is still in control no matter what. So stay tuned, hang in there. I got some verses to follow this and we'll see what the Bible has to say. Hey, so welcome back. We're going to continue uh, this recording for the devotional this from uh, this morning. And if you're following me in the new version Bible app, um, we the last place we took off at uh, was the devotional about a good news. Uh, hope for a world in crisis and as I said before um, we need to have hope in spite of the things that are going on in our world today um, and I, as I said before you know watch the news and we see all kind of things that are happening in our world today uh, this is literally like um, I would say almost something that's unheard of so um, we're going to follow the scriptures that are in this um, this devotional and I hope that you know either you have your Bibles or read along with me um, in, in this uh, devotional and it starts off by saying this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord early in the reign of Zedekiah son of Josiah king of Judah this is what the Lord said to me make a yoke and fasten it on your neck with leather straps. Then said, then sent messages to the kings of Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, Sidon, through their ambassadors who have come to see King Zedekiah uh, in Jerusalem. Give them this message for, for their masters. This is what, this is what the Lord of heaven heaven's armies the God of Israel says with my great strength and powerful arm I made the earth and all its people and every animal I can give these things of mine to anyone I choose now I will give your countries to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon who is my servant I have put everything even the wild animals under his control all the nations will serve him, his son and his grandson, until his time is up. Then many nations and great kings will conquer and rule over Babylon. So you must submit. You must submit to Babylon's king, king, and serve him. 
Put your neck under Babylon's yoke. I will punish any nation that refuses to be his slave, says the Lord. I will send war, famine, disease upon that nation until Babylon has conquered it. Do not listen to your false prophets, fortune tellers, interpreters of dreams. Mediums, sorcerers who, who say the king of Babylon will not conquer you. They are all liars and their lies will lead to your to your being driven out of your land. I will drive you out and send war send you far away to die. But the people of any nation that submits to the king of Babylon will be allowed to stay in their own country. Okay? To farm the land as usual. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then I repeat this same message to King Zedekiah of Judah. If you want to live, submit um, to the yoke of the king of Babylon and his people. Why do you insist on dying? Why do you insist? Uh, why do you insist on dying, you and your people? Why should you choose war? famine and disease which the Lord will bring against every nation that refuses to submit to Babylon's king. Do not listen to the false prophets who keep telling you the king of Babylon will not conquer you. They are liars. This is what the Lord says. I have not sin, sent these prophets they are telling you lies in my name, so I will drive you from this land. You will all die, you and all these prophets too. Then I spoke to the priests and the people and said, this is what the Lord says. Do not listen to your prophets who claim, who claim that soon the gold articles taken from my temple will be will be returned from Babylon. It's all a lie. Do not listen to them. Surrender to the king of Babylon and you will live. Why should this whole city be destroyed? If they are really prophets and speak the Lord's message, let them pray to the Lord of heaven, heaven's armies. Let them pray that the articles remaining in the Lord's temple and in the king's palace and in the, and the palaces of Jerusalem will not be away, will not be carried away to Babylon. For the Lord of heaven's armies has spoken about the pillars in front of the temple and the great bronze basin called the sea water cards and all the other ceremonial articles King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon left them there when he exalted Jehoiakim or King Jehoiakim excuse me son of Jehoiakim King of Judah to Babylon along with all the other noble nobles of Judah and Jerusalem Yes, this is what the Lord 
of heaven's armies the God of Israel says about precious things still in the temple in the palace of Judah's king and Jerusalem they will all be carried away to Babylon and will stay there until I send for them says the Lord then I will bring them back to Jerusalem again Okay, so as we read this, um, what are your thoughts about this chapter, um, Jeremiah chapter 27? First of all, some of you, like myself, might have read this and saw that God, you know, has sent the prophet Jeremiah to, to as we can see here, um, actually talk to the um basically the the kings he was sending a message and at this time in the old testament we can read and we can see how god this is how god sent his message this is how god communicated with these different kings and 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 mind you this was in the old testament so today you know we get that same communication but we get it through god's word we also get it Believe it or not, through, you know, some of you at, you know, your pastors, pastors and teachers of today's generation. You know, I currently, you know, I have several um, pastors and also several um, ways in which I get the, the word of God. And and yeah, there's a lot of times God speaks through through these different individuals and different ways. You know, so of course, you know, reading your Bible um, always, too. So. At this time, God was using Jeremiah to talk to these kings and he sent them a message and through their ambassadors, as it says, it's very interesting because a lot of times it was a time, I guess, in our church history where um, the prophet, you know, prophets or people that that are operating in the gift of prophecy, they always felt that that, you know, a prophet was to come and speak like you know a lot of good things like prosperity and stuff and i and i'm and i'm aware maybe some of you are aware that there was a time uh a short time i guess um that they have prosperity teachers now i'm not they are there are some still today um labeled as prosperity teachers but it's not i don't think it's it's as big as it used to be the reason why i mention that is only because that a lot of times we get we get the impression that a prophet always is supposed to speak good news. They're always supposed to speak, you know, in a sense of prosperity and you're going to be blessed and you're going to be this. But in this case, um, there was a false prophet named Hananiah and God wanted Jeremiah to make sure to tell these people, do not listen to your false teachers, do not listen to. Um, he, he may mention, uh, fortune tellers and interpreters of dreams and mediums and sorcerers and the like, right? He was, he was making sure to let them to know this. Now, 
if you read further up, as we begin to read in, in uh, Jeremiah 27, it also talks about what will happen. They have to submit to the king of Babylon. Remind mind you, Babylon was not um, was not a, a, a country. There was not a country or a nation or a kingdom at the time, whatever you want to call it. It was not something that was favorable for the for the children of Israel. This was as a result of some things that they had not done, followed instructions of God, have been you know, disobedient to the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm going to allow you to be conquered by Babylon. You will have to surrender to King Nebuchadnezzar. See, and and he told them, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to be conquered and you're going to be ruled over Babylon. You And then and then in verse eight of, of Jeremiah 27 says, so you must submit to Babylon's king and serve him. And then it turns around and says, put your yoke, put your neck. I'm sorry, put your neck under Babylon's yoke. Some of you understand this. Um, a yoke, um, like, for instance, what I was told to that. Uh, oxen or, or people that were in farming and they, they use oxen or they use a donkey or something to to help um, 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 like graze the fields and stuff. They had to put a yoke on it. A yoke is what 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 put on the animal in order to guide it. And so God describes what they must do as a yoke, as a burden, as something that they they have to put on them in order for them to be controlled. Now, Babylon or King Nebuchadnezzar has control over over them. Now, we can take this message of Jeremiah 27 in all kind of ways. But in light of what we've read in the in the devotion right now, understand this, that even in hard times, even in the times of uncertainty like we have here in the world today, even in times of, say, economic unrest, even civil unrest and economic unrest, meaning that, you know, we see what's going on in the news. You know, um, people are losing either losing their jobs or being laid off from their jobs only because of what's going on with the pandemic. The pandemic is attacking not just people's health, but it's also attacking people's finances is also attacking um individuals um uh, way of living or 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 their jobs and listen i'm not saying that god can't bless you in the midst of it because think about it this is for in general okay one yes god can and will sustain you through a pandemic he can sustain you even in the midst of what, what's going on. There has been notable stories we can read in the Bible about how God has sustained individuals in the midst of a famine, a famine in the land, meaning there's no crops. There's nothing to eat there. The, everything is dry. The, the weather has scorched the land. So you cannot you cannot grow any produce, fruits, vegetables, anything of that nature. This is what. God will sustain. So there is two differences in this. I pray for everybody, those of you that may be listening, your families and, and, and friends and whoever is in your circle to be sustained in the midst of this. Always remember, 
that in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a trial, tribulation, whatever you may be going through, maybe you might be going through something in your home. Maybe you might be going through something at your job. Maybe you might be going something, going, going through something in your family, whatever it may be. Always pray and ask God to sustain you and strengthen you through it. Because understand this, God will not always take you out of the situation. He's not going to always take you and, 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 and have a way of escape for you to get out of the situation. Right now, the pandemic is, is affecting and is covering everyone, whether you're a Christian, non-Christian, whether you are a believer or not, whether you are faithful or not, it doesn't matter. Good, bad, whatever. It is affecting everybody. In the midst of this, we have to ask God to help strengthen us as we go through this. Give us the resources, not only for ourselves, but to help others. God may use you in a time like this. So those are some simple things that we can pray about. But understand this. This was an example and where God told his people, you're going to go through this. OK, and understand there was also he says, I will punish any nation that refused to be his slave. Now I'm reading out of uh, verse eight. And the part of verse eight, I will refuse. I will punish any nation that refuses to be his slave, says the Lord. OK, I will send war, famine and disease upon that nation until Babylon has conquered it. Now, remember, this is God talking. A lot of us don't want to believe that God will send war, famine and disease. But think about it and see it. We see this. We read this right now. He can or will send war, famine, and disease until, until that nation or Babylon has conquered it. God is in charge and his will, his purpose, his, 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 his uh, goal will be accomplished regardless. If other words, if you try to stand in the way of God, you'll be knocked down. If you try to, 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 uh, I don't know, move the hand of God, you can't. God is all powerful, almighty. And he turns around and uses Jeremiah to tell them, do not listen to the false prophets and fortune tellers, interpreters and dreams and mediums and the sorcerers of the like. See, God is covering all bases with this message. Then he said, then I repeated the same thing to the same message to the King Zedekiah of Judah. If you want to live, submit to the yoke of the king of the king of Babylon and his people. He says, why do you insist on dying? You and your people. Why should you choose war, famine, disease, which the Lord will bring against every nation that refuses to submit to Babylon's king? Now, <laughs> I'm just going to say this hypothetically. I know that we're living in a time of this, but understand this. God sees nations the way he sees nations in the Bible. We have superpowers now. We have Russia. We have China. We have the United States of America. We have the Middle East where where there's uh, Arabia and, and, and countries like Turkey and, and Germany. Okay, 
Understand this, God's eyes is looking at every nation and is looking at every country. And, and every country that does not have a king, a leader that is at, that is at, that is submissive and humble to the heart and mind of God, God is watching them. God has his eye on every single nation, every single nation, every single country. So there is no difference from what we see here in the Old Testament even to now. And I say that in general because even in our homes and in our individual lives, sometimes things don't go right in our lives because we're not fully submitted to God. In other words, sometimes the things and the goals that you may have that you're trying to accomplish in your life is not happening because we're not fully surrendered in our hearts and our minds to God. Understand one more thing. In order for your actions to be right, your heart has to be right. Your heart has to be right. If your heart is submitted and surrendered to the to to the Lord, then your actions will follow. I'll be right back. Okay, so the next portion of this scripture reading, uh, we're going to get into Jeremiah uh, 28. So we just got through reading Jeremiah 27. So the next part of this uh, devotional uh, deals with Jeremiah 28. So we're going to go ahead and check this out and read this and find out what else has, what, what else in this situation is Jeremiah dealing with. So this is, um, the title of this is Jeremiah condemns Hananiah. So one day in, in late summer, uh, that same year, the fourth year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, Hananiah, son of Azur, a prophet from Gibeon, addressed me publicly in the temple while all the priests and people listened. He said, this is what the Lord of heaven's army the God of Israel says, I will remove the yoke of the king of Babylon from your necks. Within two years, I will bring back all the temple treasures and that the king, uh, that King Nebuchadnezzar carried off to Babylon. And I will bring back Jeho Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the other captives that were taken to Babylon, I will surely break that, break the yoke that the king of Babylon has put on your neck. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, Jeremiah responded to Hananiah as they stood in front of all the priests and people at the temple. He said, Amen. May your prophecies come true. I hope the Lord does everything you say. I hope he does he does bring back uh, from Babylon the treasures for, of this temple and all the captives. But listen now to the solemn words I speak to you in the presence of all these people. The ancient prof prophets who preceded you and me spoke 
against many nations, always warning of war, disaster, and disease. So a prophet who predicts peace must show he is right. Only when his predictions come true can we know that he is truly or that he is really from the Lord. Then Hananiah, the prophet, took the yoke off of off Jeremiah's neck and broke it in pieces. And Hananiah said again to the crowd that had gathered, this is what the Lord says. Just as this yoke has been broken within two years, I will break the yoke of oppression from all the nations now subject to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. With that, Jeremiah left the temple area. Soon after this confrontation with Hananiah, the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. Go and tell Hananiah, this is what the Lord says. You have broken a wooden yoke, but you have, you have broken a wooden yoke. Um, sorry, I lost my place. Okay, but you have replaced it with a yoke of iron. The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, I have put a yoke of iron on the necks of all these nations, forcing them into slavery under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I have put I have put everything, even the wild animals, under his control. Then Jeremiah the prophet said to Hananiah, Listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, but the people believe your lies. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. You must die. Your life will end this year, this very year, because you have rebelled against the Lord. Two months later, the prophet Hananiah died. So, as we could tell, that's what we just got through reading Jeremiah 28. This was a confrontation between two prophets, okay? Um, first of all, Jeremiah, um, you know, he was sent of God to speak the word of the Lord and to, um, and, and to actually uh, interpret or to... Um, you know, comment on what the Lord is saying. This is a this is a great example. Now, I know that this here is in the midst of a devotional about uh, hope in the time of crisis. And one of the things that we have to remember, even in this example that we, we read in uh, Jeremiah 27 and 28, is the fact that no matter what, whether the the time is favorable or not, whether there is uh, good conditions or not, whether uh, the economy is bad or good, um, whether there is uh, good times or bad times, right? Um, the Lord, when he speaks to his prophet or his messenger or say the pastor or what have you, um, the goal or the the obligation of the of the messenger is to tell the truth. 
he's not to sugar sugarcoat the truth or water it down or add to it or subtract to it. His his whole his whole uh, obligation or responsibility is to say exactly what God is telling them to say. Um, remember, in this time that we're living in, even now and even how it was then, um, these people, these men, Jeremiah and other prophets in the Bible, were used of God to stand before the kings of Israel and to say, hey, you know, this is what's going on here. Um, when things like this happen, they're not looked up as very popular. Um, some of you may be listening to me right now. God has either called you to, to preach his word or to share a message with someone that's in authority. And, you know, it, it, Jeremiah had to be very bold in order and very brave for him to do this. God had told him exactly what to say and how to relay this message to the king. In this in this chapter, chapter 28, though, we read where he was actually up against um, in opposition with another prophet who was actually uh, speaking lies. And this was very, you know, like I said, Jeremiah was bold. Well, Hananiah was actually even more bolder. And and of course, we can we can call him stupid, but he was really bold because of the fact that here he was, he was lying on God. And unfortunately, you know, we do have people in the church or in the, even, even today, okay? Even today, there are what they call false teachers, false prophets that are unfortunately in the church. And the reason why I want to say that, because remember, they're not false prophets. You'll never see a false prophet outside the church, okay? You'll never see a false prophet to say at your job or whatever, because this is what this is this is what other words they they're not interested in talking to people that is um, outside of the church. They're interested in talking to people that is either within the church. Okay, so understand that the false prophets are one who in my opinion they are trying to um they're trying to deliver a false message to god's people all right now we we read in jeremiah 28 or actually in 27 starting in chapter 27 that jeremiah had the responsibility to tell a message to say hey the uh, the children of israel had to bear this burden or have this yoke and this yoke had to do with them being in captivity by the king of Babylon. They would have to serve the king of Babylon. They'd have to serve the king of Babylon for so many years, not just um, how Hananiah say two years. Okay. And so what ended up happening, we read in verse 20, I mean, chapter 28, that he come, Jeremiah now has to oppose Hananiah. And you notice here, as we read this, they're they're saying that they are in, in front of a large crowd of people. This was a public spectacle. This was something that we're not going to just say this, you know, behind the scenes. We're 
this is going on in front of lots of people. We don't know how many people, but we know that there was the temple. There was uh, a congregation of people and this was going on. Okay, so you got Hananiah that's trying to give a false message. He's saying that, oh, well, after so many, so many years, God's going to break this yoke. And at this time, when the when Jeremiah or the prophets, when they spoke, they actually did a demonstration. And what I mean by that is when when Jeremiah spoke, the fact that there was a yoke that God was going to put on the nation of Israel and be other words, they're going to be held captive. They're going to have to serve underneath this king of Babylon. He literally had to show them this is what this is what the Lord is saying. And this is and to show you this and to get my message across. I'm going to put a actual yoke as we described about what a yoke is. A yoke is kind of like a guide in which, you know, farmers use for, say, an oxen or a donkey or whatever that was trying to, you know, they had to use that in order to guide that animal to to do what they were supposed to do. OK, or to work in the fields and things like that. It was a yoke. And the yoke was was heavy. It, it it was it was like one of those things where God was describing to the children of Israel that because you have either disobeyed me, now you're, you're going to have to serve and you're going to have to be the servant of this king, Nebuchadnezzar. OK, and this was their obligation. God was not going to sugarcoat it. He wasn't going to make it nice. He wasn't going to say, oh, well, don't worry about it. You know, no, this was a punishment and this needed to be um, um, this needed to be communicated in this in this proper way without it being sugarcoated, without it being watered down, without it being anything but what it is and what the Lord said. OK, so let's um, kind of go over back over this a little bit in, in chapter 28. Um Jeremiah in chapter 28 is is showing us here that, you know, he was in opposition with a prophet from Gibeon um, named Hananiah and tried to address him publicly uh, in the temple while all the priests and people were listening. So he tried to pretty much like in our in our word, in our time type of description, put him on front street. All right. Um, he said that this is what the Lord of heaven's army armies, the God of Israel says. And remember this, this guy had a lot of, uh, he, he was really basically, you know, has a lot of boldness. Okay. Um, to stand before these priests and publicly in front of the people to, to lie, um, in front of the people and, you know, in, basically in front of uh, the people and say, this is what God said. And this was a very, this very bold move. Remember, um, and is it, here's another thing. I'm not sure whether Hananiah, what he was getting out of this by speaking this way to the people of Israel. Okay. But he turns around and lies on God. He's not lying on Jeremiah. And that's another thing to understand. The people that are, speaking for God, you're not lying. Uh, you, I mean, you are lying, but you're also lying on God, which is even more deadly when you think about it. It's deadly. Now, 
um, today's in today's uh, world, you know, when people do that, whether it's a pastor or preacher or minister or anybody for that matter, and they say, thus saith the Lord, or they are speaking, supposedly speaking the mind of God with their and, and they're lying about it. They're lying about what what the Lord is saying. Guess what they're saying? First of all, they're saying that they don't believe that God, you know, they don't believe they they don't one they don't believe that God is who He is. Or number two, they also feel like they, you know, nothing's going to happen to them if they speak so boldly against the Lord. Okay, and they really feel like nothing's going to happen, um, and and they want to feel like. Well, these people are going to love me if I speak um, good things in front of them. But a lie to God is a lie, but it's also um, something that will get you killed. And you will also have, unfortunately, repercussions and, and bad results in your life. Am I saying that it will actually happen that you will get killed today? You, I mean, who knows? I'm not, you know, but the thing about it is, is that you... If a person, if you're speaking for God and you're lying on God, then chances are if if you don't get the, the bad results of lying on God now, you will probably get it in the future. But constantly lying against God and saying God said this when he really didn't, that is really a death sentence. It could be a physical death sentence. But it also could also very well be a death sentence of your ministry, of your of your church, of your family, of your of your job, your economy, whatever it is. It could be a death sentence. So just again, just fair warning on that. OK, we see here Hananiah doing this. He's he's saying in verse three of, ch of chapter 28, within two years, I will bring back all the temple treasures that King Nebuchadnezzar carried off to Babylon okay he's he's and then he says that I will bring back Jehoiakim um son of Je Jehoiakim king of Judah and all the other captives that were taken to Babylon I will surely break the yoke um that the king of Babylon has put on your neck I I the Lord have spoken not only does he say this in the beginning about the Lord thus saith the Lord but he also says I the Lord have spoken at the end of what he said Okay, Jeremiah responds to him, like I said, and as, as we've read, and he says, may your prophecies come true. He's the only thing he said, the reason why he said this, he's saying, in, in essence, I hope that what you say is come true, comes true. I hope he does bring back from Babylon the treasures of this temple and all the captives, he says. But listen now to the solemn words I speak to you in the presence of all these people. Okay. The ancient prophets who preceded you and me spoke against many nations, always warning of war, disasters, and disease. See, so understand this. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of false messages that go that that are coming out of the voices of men that call themselves servants of God, that call themselves pastors or teachers or whatever they may be. When you hear that. And here's one example I would say, too, is when you hear someone and you within your spirit may not feel that this person is really telling the truth is it may not be up to you to go before that person. 
but to pray for that person and pray that Lord deal with that person if you feel like the word is coming out it's coming out falsely okay we we we're we're obligated across the board overall if 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 not if the Lord didn't tell you to to confront this person then pray for this person some of you may be bold enough to say I'm going to go and I'm going to tell this person that what he's doing is lying and so here's here's the the like they say the litmus test on this if you correct him by way of what you you your confrontation is then the bible says you have won your brother over you've won him over and he will change but if 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 if, if not and the result is is that he you know say cuss you out or say for instance you know you basically are still at odds with one another you haven't won your brother over you just basically pointed his fault to, pointed out his ways which not to say that it's bad to do but but your your whole reason for telling this person is so that they could change your whole reason for the confrontation of this is so that there will be a change a change of direction in that person's life remember we encounter many uh, say many pastors or teachers and whatnot who are considered God's servants and sometimes what happens is even God's servants because they're not um, um, because they're not perfect they're human they're 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 human beings like me and you we all have a, a free will and choice of what we're gonna do and unfortunately there have been pastors and teachers that have made the wrong choice and to not um, um, preach the word of God the way they're supposed to be preaching it and again you know this is even as I'm speaking to this on this episode this is not a very um, hopeful message or hopeful devotion at this time right now but it needs to be said and again this is just one example of how a, the message sometimes is not the best it's not a happy message it's not something that will make you feel good and warm and fuzzy inside but it's the truth okay so remember that if you hear of a pastor maybe and god has not called you or told you to go and confront this pastor about their, their ways then then the best thing we could do is to pray pray for that individual pray for that pray that the lord deal with that individual in a, in a most proper way and and the lord will either sin or however way he's going to do it he's going to be able to deal with that person in his own timing not in your timing not in my timing. it's always and remember this god is in control regardless of the situation god sees it god has seen it matter of fact the thing that upset you about someone that is preaching the word of god that's wrong he's also has seen it before you got a chance to so you can best believe that he's already on top of it before you had a chance to actually confront or had a chance to even hear what that person had to say so just remember that Okay, so we're going to go ahead and go into chapter 29, 
we're going to be reading verses 1 through 14. And we're going to continue to see exactly how God is dealing with the situation or how God has directed Jeremiah in this situation. So let's continue on here. It says, Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the elders, priests, prophets, and all the people who had been exiled uh, to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. This was this was after King Jehoiakim, um, the queen mother, the court official, the, uh, the other officials of Judah, and all the craftsmen and artisans had been deported from Jerusalem. He sent the letter to Elisa, son of uh, Shaphan, and Ger- uh, I'm sorry, Jer- Jeremiah, uh, son of Hilkiah, and or when they went to Babylon as king of Zedekiah's um, armed ambassador to Nebuchadnezzar. This is what Jeremiah's letter had said. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Verse 5. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren multiply do not dwindle away the work of the of the peace and prosperity of the city where i sent you into exile pray to the lord for it for its welfare will determine uh for its welfare will determine on your welfare this is what the lord of heaven's armies the lord god of israel says do not let your prophet and fortune tellers who are um who are with you in the land of babylon trick you do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name i have not sent them says the lord this is what the the lord says you will be in babylon for 70 years but then i will come and do for you all the the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. Verse eleven says, "For I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me, for look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and and will bring you back home again to your own land. Okay. now this is a wonderful message. Actually, it actually ends really well. But remember, with God, you not only get the good, but you have gotten the bad. So he starts off, hey, this is what's going to happen. You might as well stay. You're going to be there for what was he said in the very beginning of this? He told them, he told them that they will actually be there. It was a number, if I remember. Um, I want to say it was like 70 years. They will be in exile, basically. Uh, exile to Babylon. And um, let's see here. 
70 years. I was right. So they, you know, the children, the, the, I guess Judah, basically they were going to be, um, in residence of Babylon for 70 years. It says, you know, he tells them, you know, you might as well just go ahead and, and, and make it home, you know, find your place to stay, start building your garden, start marrying, have children, things like that. You're going to be here for a while. But he also tells them that what his ultimate plan is. His plan was is always for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. And then he also says, he also tells them too. He says that in those days when you pray, I will listen. That means I have not abandoned you. I am not turned my back on you. I'm not, I have not, you know, ignored your prayers. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, you know? How many, how many have you, how many people or how many people out there have encountered someone that has made you feel as though God has forgotten about you? You haven't heard from God in a while. Uh, things ain't going right in your life. Oh, God must have abandoned you or maybe he's not answering your prayers. And they want you to feel some kind of way about it because nothing is going well in your life. Well, here's the thing to remember. Sometimes life happens. Sometimes the devil does put out an attack on you personally. Sometimes God is sitting back and allowing a test to happen. There are multiple things that could be occurring. And some of us, yeah, we, we kind of get caught up in this kind of sitting and thinking about it and contemplating it. And it's stressing us out and have full of anxiety about it. Why isn't why is this happening? But you know what? A lot of times and remember this, this is what I always like to tell people, you know, when you don't hear from God, when you don't hear him answer you, sometimes it's not so much anything you've done wrong. It's not even sometimes maybe, you know, you just kind of take an inventory. What did I do? Um, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's what he's trying to do in you. Remember, if you're if you're a per, if you're a follower of the Lord or you are a servant of God, there are times where God's going to test you in order to strengthen your faith, you know. And again, that may not this what I'm telling you may not be the answer in your situation, but they could be one of the answers. OK, understand, though, that God is always in control, even when things are not looking good in your life. Even when things are not going well, remember this here. If you if you see this, the 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 children or the people of Judah at this point, they were going to be exiled to a place that they didn't want to go. But it sounds as though Babylon, the king Nebuchadnezzar, wasn't going to um, he wasn't going to abuse them. He but he would rule over them. He says, "Go ahead, settle in. You're going to be here for a while, but know this." He says, regardless, he said, my plans for you is for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. There's some of you right now that the Lord has already spoken. He's already given you the, the, the playbook and he's already told you that you're going to win in the end. Before disaster strikes or knowing that disaster will strike. God is giving you a, a he's giving you a glimpse into the future of your situation to say you're going through it. You're going to make it through no matter what. 
No matter what, it looks bad right now. I'm not going to stop this situation. I'm not going to stop what's going on. But trust me, when I tell you, you're going to win. You're going to come out okay. You're going to come out victorious in the end. Because my plans, verse verse uh, uh, verse 11 of, of Jeremiah 29 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for what? Disaster. To give you a future and a hope. There's two things right there. To give you a future and a hope. Listen. I know this is one this is where the devotional talks about hope in in a world of, of troubling times okay we are living in a in a in a in a, a, a time in our lives right now that everything's being affected we have this pandemic going on we have different different things that's going on in our nation as well as the world let's just say, Yes, yes, the nation, true enough, the United States, but just also, let's even talk about the entire world, okay? Every country is being affected by COVID-19. People are losing their jobs, okay? People are, you know, people are losing loved ones, lives. People are dying of this pandemic. People are dying of this COVID-19, this disease. People are losing children and family members, okay? And this is not a good thing on top of maybe losing a job, but on top of that. And, and, and not to mention wars and rumors of wars, not to mention um, um, natural disasters like earthquakes, okay? We've had earthquakes happening. Um, I woke up this morning, watched the news, and there's reportedly um, hurricane season that's starting to start up in the east part of the United States, and there's there's a hurricane that's happening. Um, earlier part of that the same week, there was a reported of an earthquake in in um, in Antarctica of all places. You know, um, in a place where it's nothing but ice and they never had an earthquake there. So we're living in unprecedented, unprecedented times. And but remember this, always remember this. God is always saying and telling you that I know the plans for you and they're for good and not for evil. Okay, there are plans to are not for disaster. Okay, he says to give you a future and a hope so remember that remember that as as we go throughout this week remember that as we go throughout the rest of this year the the united states right now um this covid 19 this uh coronavirus is starting to increase and peak again you know we need to pray for our nation we need to pray for our leaders whether they're the president the administration of this of the United States here, uh, your governors, your mayors, your 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 local leaders, whatever you, they need your prayers. They need our prayers. And, you know, yes, this is a time like no other. If you see the need is prayer, the need is even in some cases fasting and praying, praying. But remember this sometimes our prayers not so much not being answered but remember God when he hears your prayers 
he's gonna he's gonna know and remember this i'm gonna say this one last thing before we close this out he says if you look for me no he says in in those days in verse 12 after it says in, in verse 11 in those days when you pray i will listen okay in those days he says when you pray i will listen so understand this understand this god will hear your prayers and sometimes in the midst of those prayers you know you're wondering whether or not god is hearing you you want to know whether or not god's going to respond and do what he's asking you to do you know (laughs) uh i'm reminded as a child when sometimes you you may ask your parent about something can i have this or can i have that and your parent may be like well um, the response you get, you may not get a response right away. It might be a wait. It might be a no. It might be a yes. It might be wait till whatever. And this is how God is sometimes. And God says, I will always hear you. Not to not to mention, I may not respond in the way that you want me to, but I will always hear you. Okay. He will not ignore your prayers. Sometimes because you didn't get an answer, you feel like you're being ignored. But remember, God, if he if if you if you are of good conscience and say, you know what, I have done everything God has told me to do, and I'm living my best life, I'm living the, the in the way that God has called me to, to live, then you know what? Ultimately in the end, I have to just wait on God. Remember, a lot of times we when we wait on God, God is on his timing, not on our timing. The Bible also says that his ways are not our ways. You know, his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Okay. Um, You know, we're not, we don't have the mind of God and God, sometimes he does things and says things that we don't fully understand. He reacts or he acts on things at a different time than we think he ought to. So always remember that. Always remember that. So, I hope that you guys are encouraged um, so far in this devotional. There are um, there are some more parts to this, but I'm gonna tell you um, so far. Just remember, um, um, let's see, let's let's read one more part of this before I close. Okay, this is found in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. This is I pray that the God, pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy, peace, because you trust in him then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the holy spirit okay so remember that remember that um folks we no matter how bad it gets out here we have to uh trust that ultimately god's in control and he's not going to put more onto you than you can bear all right he's he's not going to but remember, in this time, we, we, can ha- we can have confidence that we have good news in a world of crisis. Remember this, too. I prayed. We're going to end in, in, in a prayer real quick. And my prayer for you that is listening right now, that no matter what, the, what your crisis is in your life, no matter what it is, whether it's a personal crisis or not, um, I'm going to pray that God gives you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Okay? So, let's pray right now. 
Father God, we just know right now at this moment that there's a lot of things that are going on in our world today. We turn on the news, we see so many bad reports. Remember this, sometimes we have to not believe the report, but we want to believe your report and ultimately how it's going to turn out in the end. You're, as believers, as your sons and daughters, you're going to ultimately take care of us. We're going to ultimately stand in front of you and, and be victorious in the end. But sometimes, God, we do understand that we got to go through a, a life situation, a hardship sometimes. But God, we thank you that you are always in control and you're guiding us through the storms of life. Father, my, 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 my fellow believers out there, those of, of, of the people that are listening to this uh, podcast right now, this Bible cast, um, we ask that you encourage them. Those that may be in, in, in serious situations and those that might be in, in turmoil and personal uh, crisis in their lives, Father, I ask right now that you would strengthen them, sustain them in the midst of going through and Lord, I ask right now that you would just give them wisdom and knowledge to know what, what to do at this time. Give them peace that surpasses all understanding. That your word tells us that if we're in Christ Jesus, that's what will happen. That you'll give us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And help us to get that peace, that, that real peace. Lord, you have plenty of that peace. So even though we may not... Uh, we, not, we may not uh, get rid of the crisis and the crisis may not be going anywhere. Help us to be bold and sustain, be sustained in the midst of it. God, I thank you so much for every one of my listeners. And I praise your name and we'll be talking to you next time. Amen. Hope you guys were encouraged by this. And again, we'll get back with each other soon. Um, We'll be going, getting back into this devotional. So you have a blessed week. Have a blessed day. And I'll be talking to you later.